That's a big deal. And so idols become a big deal. Distraction becomes a big deal. Isn't it interesting that we live in a world, we might have the worst persecution of all. Like, like think about that for a minute. If we're talking about idols, and if we're talking about this command that, that God wants all of ourselves for him, we live, we live in a smorgasbord, Walmart aisle, Boxing Day sale of the greatest at the fingertip idols for low, low prices of $9.99. And you can have an, inst- a, an installment plan and the first year's free. We, we live in a world of idols whose sole purpose is to prevent us from God's greatest command. That's kind of terrifying. And, and other places in the world have it a lot harder, like death-wise. But we have it a lot harder, like soul gunk, U-Haul, baggage-wise. If that makes any sense. Here's the beautiful thing. I don't know how full of love you feel for God right now. But as I was just saying, I know what is impacting your love. We, we have 24 hours a day. Just 24. Everybody has 24. And if you stay up too late, they become very, a lot less productive. Okay? But we have 24. Okay, and, and we can only fit in so much stuff. We can only love so much stuff. Right? And when you're full, you're full. Right? So think about this. Let's do a little introspection here. Okay? So we all have Netflix, or a lot of us have Netflix. Right? I mean, here I am being convicted again of Netflix, but like, wow, if you read this, and then you think you have like the binge magic genie of the world whose only job is to distract you and satisfy you in the most putrid ways. And I have Netflix, and, and I'm not sure I'm canceling it today, but I'm being convicted. And so think about this in your own lives. What is your response after hour two of Netflix? What do you want next? What is the next course? Think about this. Or two hours, you know, they had a lot of football on recently, and so I watched a lot of football, right? Just a little bit. About the same as Paul, so. (laughs) Credibility damaged on both of us. if you ever get a chance to watch football with Paul, just clear the furniture out and put the kids to bed. <laughs> and he's one of my dear, dear friends. Um, what is the thing that you want most after two hours of Netflix? You want a third hour of Netflix. 
You want a fourth football game. You don't want to go into your secret hiding place and pursue the Lord. I promise you that. You, that's not how we're made. We're made to be filled. And if we fill up with the wrong stuff, we're still filled. Right? If kids spoil their dinner with candy, it doesn't matter if you put good, delicious food in front of them. Dinner is spoiled. It's done. You might as well not try and get any more in them. That's how we're made, and these are the laws of God. If we satisfy ourselves with something other than God, God is still going to say, I respect your decision to do that. You knew better, I've taught you better, I've shown you how faithful I am, but I respect your opinion to do that, and you're probably gonna have to wait until you're a little hungry again. These are the laws that we are governed by. This is the fruit that we get in our lives. And this message is taking a totally different turn. But like, this is, God's perfect plan for us is that we would know him and that we would love him dearly. He would be our greatest treasure, our greatest treasure. And in that, we would find a more deeper, more fulfilling, more long-lasting satisfaction that the world cannot They cannot copy. There's no counterfeit to that. All the counterfeits of the world are just poison pills that taste good on the way down. We don't want to leave out that they don't taste good because they do taste good. Right? The sickness afterwards is less appealing. But this isn't, this isn't a sad story. God desires, as I said, that our greatest joy would be in him. This is what he says in 1 John. 1 John is a wonderful book, super practical. And if you want to know some warning signs or some keep going signs in your faith, 1 John is where you want to look. It's the litmus test to how you're doing as a believer. It's a very valuable book. It says this, verse 18 in chapter 4. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear. For fear has to do with punishment, and whoever fears has not been perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. This is important. If anyone says, I love God and hates his brother, he is a liar. You know what? I'm going to go back to that in just a second. So we are called to love the Lord our God with the very deepest, sensitive, most life-giving or most life-sucking parts of ourselves. That's what we're called to do. The Lord of the universe says, if you need to know one thing, One thing to remember, it's this. You need to love God with everything that you have. And the world is out to to war against that love. And we're often willing participants. Okay? 
And sometimes we don't feel very in love with God. Sometimes we might even do our devotions and not feel very in love with God. Sometimes we might just go to a prayer meeting or a conference and not feel very in love with God. That happens. God is not expecting us to conjure up our own love for him. This is amazing. God supplies the perfect love that he requires. That's amazing. He, he knows we don't have it. He knows we can't make it. And so he does it for us. That's amazing. We love because he first loved us. I don't know how you feel with this first and greatest commandment. And I don't know where you're at with where your furnace or your love tank is for the Lord. But the one thing I'll say is he's one request away. Just one. Just one prayer, God. I, and we can, admit, we can admit our failures to God. He knows them already, and I think he really enjoys it when we humble ourselves in prayer. We say, God, I, don't, I got like 25% of my heart invested in you right now. And I know you require 100 of it. I need you today to fill up the 75% more because I can't do it on my own. That is a per- perfectly reasonable prayer. A prayer you could probably pray every day. Wake up, don't look at your phone, convict it again, and say, okay, how, how am I feeling towards God today? Where's my heart at? I know he expects and requires, Jesus told me so, my whole heart's content, my soul, the very depth of myself, God wants me to love him. And it's actually the very greatest way that I can live. Think about that. We walk around at, at what capacity of loving God. Even when we go to a prayer meeting, you know, or, or a NALC thing, or, or just a worship thing, we're like, man, I'm so full right now. Hmm? The NALC thing? Oh, like a conference for salt and light. Yeah, but Nalk just goes, goes better, right? Any of these life-giving things, and we've all been in situations where it's like, wow, I'm so full, and life changes for us in those moments. It really does. Life is different. But are we at 100% in those moments? Probably not. Probably not. And so think about the life God is calling us to. Loving God with all of ourselves is the most satisfying thing, most life-giving thing, the most fulfilling thing. You'd be giddy. You'd be blushing all the time. All the time. Because of how full you would feel. God is so generous, the thing he expects us to feel towards him is the greatest feeling we can ever feel. Right, that's like, that's like me saying to my son, okay, Sam, I know you want to be big and strong, you want to be a great athlete, you want to be smart in school, so eat your Cheetos, and you're going to get there. 
right? He'd be like, that's the deal? You want, you want me to gorge? And I want you to gorge yourself on them. Like, eat them till you're sick, right? And he's going to go, that's the deal? That's amazing. Although I think anytime we tell our kids something's good for them, they automatically hate it. But that's God. That's God. He's telling us, you better eat up. You better take all of this most satisfying thing you can ever feel on the earth, the thing that the whole world is trying to copy. You better fill up on that. You better get selfish on that. And, and I want to go to us loving people real quick, but here's just the one thing I want to say. If there's any posture, and this is a difficult posture, and I wish I could flush it out more, but, but I'm going to move on. The greatest posture we can have to make sure that we are loving God, that we're full of it, that we're enjoying it, that we're all the way topped up, and this is difficult. We need to let God love us. That sounds really simple. It's, it's not. It's not simple at all. It's not. Here's why it's not simple. Maybe I won't get to loving people, but here's why it's not simple. Because our circumstances, our childhoods, our bad relationships, our poor self-talk, our poor self-image, bullied by other people, criticized in the workforce, family issues, all of those prevent us from feeling lovable. And the thought of God loving us, a God that has access to the very depths of your soul, the untouchable parts. We can't make him love us. We can't help him love us. We can't meet him halfway to love us. It's surrender. It's only surrender. We have to willingly give ourselves up. And we're not made for that. That's terrifying. It's totally terrifying because you're out of control. You can't slip them on a note that says, you know, could you, could you focus on my identity when you go in there? Could you, could you give me a new gift that would really make me awesome at youth group? Like, we can't do that. Or we can, but he's at no obligation to listen because he knows perfectly how to love you. Perfect. Every time. And it's very rarely the way we want to be loved. We want something that's going to make us feel stronger, more presentable, more together, more acceptable. And God's not always interested in those emotions. He wants our weakness, our trust, our surrender. Fortunately, God wakes up, in theory, every day, wanting to help his children know how to love him. Every day. That's why he puts people in your life. That's why he's giving you his word, that's why you can pray to him at any point in time. 
I was talking to our young adults about um, living in the moment. And we don't, we don't live in the moment very good. All right, so just trust me on this. We don't live in the moment very good. I mean, how many of us are in the moment right now? I'm already eating lunch right now, and I'm the speaker. I'm just kidding. Not for LCF. I wouldn't do that. Um, but too many jokes now. I lost my train of thought. Keep it together, buddy. Our whole life is planning or living somewhere else or thinking about something in the past. Social media, wow, right? Social media is the great escape. And, and it, it, is, it is satisfying, it's very satisfying. So, but God wants to encounter us, and this is what I was saying to the youth. God wants to encounter you in your here and now, your every circumstance. What if the helper, the counselor, and the God who said, I'm always going to be with you, even though I'm crucified on your behalf. What if he really felt as constant and as present as he says he is? There was a show of hands. I like doing a show of hands. Has anyone heard of Brother Lawrence? And I'm judging who's putting their hands up because that's saying something, all right? Brother Lawrence is, was an obscure uh, monk in the 1700s. He was uh, born into kind of a very plain life. He was a soldier for a while. And after the war, he went and he became a monk. And the only thing he was famous for was this idea that everything I do in life, everything is an opportunity to meet with the Lord in the present, here and now. And he called it practicing his presence. And the only reason anybody knows about him is because 13 letters that he wrote to a friend of his where he was basically high out of his mind. One would argue he was more in his mind than he's ever been. But where he, he's just gushing over his experience with the Lord. And he had a nothing job in a nothing place. He like cleaned up after probably the important monks. He was like, he was like Nacho Libre, all right? So he made, he made the, the soup, okay? But everything, everything in his life was an opportunity for him to recognize and enjoy and be blasted by the love and beauty of God. And a lot of his stories were just, I was in the forest and then God was there and then I don't know what else happened. There were stories about animals coming to him and people visiting all over the world because they wanted that. They wanted that feeling of God with them always. And Brother Lawrence is such a great example of God. And the battle for our love in him is fought in the here and now. It's in our consciousness, in our presentness. Are we able to be present? Are we able to understand that God 
can impact and have a huge, huge say in the things that we're going through. Paul was saying, masks, eh, that's, nobody likes wearing masks. And, no, and nobody likes wearing masks, although I feel like I notice mine less and less. I think it's possible, and this is not in the Bible, so you don't have to believe it, but I think it's possible that God could give us a giddy, completely satisfied tickle of the soul every time we put a mask on. I believe that. Why not? What is going to be the most attractive thing to the world? And it's not going to be Christians fed up with the government and with the mandates. That's not helping. The world needs to see a rock-solid people that are faced by nothing and seem a little crazy. Not too crazy, but like, why are you so happy? Why are you so satisfied? You just lost your job. Why, why, why are you thanking God for the challenge that you're going through? Why are you feeding us turkey when you don't even have canned ham at home? Like, and you're like pumped about it. This is our experience. And when you get there, please tell me how to get there because I want to get there too, okay? We are called to love God with all that we are. And we serve a God whose only desire is that as many people as possible would love him with all that they are. And let me remind you, if God has his mind made up on something, he's pretty motivated. He's pretty up to the task. He's not going to half-heartedly, you know, try and throw some power on it. Everything God desires is going to come true. This is, this is good. This is good. So how are we doing? How, how are we feeling? How's our love tank for the Lord? You know what, this is a simple message, and so I just want to give us a simple response if I can. Okay, we've all heard this passage before. We've all heard it. We all know what it means. I didn't really have to exegete it very strongly because it's like God wants you to love him a lot, and he's really willing to help you with that. Right? Like, you know, I am just a poor meat cutter reading the Bible. But this is the important part. What do we do with this now? So if the Bible is true, then Matthew 22 is true. And verse, let me go back to the verse, 37 is really true. And since I had no bells and whistles, and I'm simply reading in red letters, right? And DC Talks said red letters are really important. All right? Right? They did. So right there. Credibility, huh? What? Yeah, I'm so culture relevant. I think, I think I had their tape. <laughs> it's a thing. There's tapes. 
If you don't know what a tape is, ask your parents. Um, simple, it's a simple command. It's so hard to live. So as, as David comes up, where's David? There's David. Why don't you come up and just give us, just give us some background. I want to lead us in some prayer. God is a simple God. He gives us simple commands. And he gives us simple offers. You, I want your whole heart. I want your whole mind. I want your whole spirit. I want your whole strength. And by the way, this will be the greatest joy you'll ever have. And the rest of the world will fade so dramatically. But what are we willing to do with that truth? So let's stand. And let's, let's at the very best of our abilities, make ourselves vulnerable before the Lord. This isn't easy. God is not as dangerous or at least in the way we think he is. And let's, I'm, I'm not gonna look for hands, I'm, nothing like that. I want everyone to have a conversation with God. And I want, I want you to ask three things. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pray for us in these things. God, how is my heart in loving and satis being satisfied by you? No condemnation, but how is it? Let's have an honest conversation. What out of 10 am I doing in my love for you? You will not feel condemned when he answers you. God doesn't work that way. But he will give you an honest answer, and it'll be so awesome. When God talks to us honest, it's so amazing. Because you don't feel bad. You just go, yeah, that's, that's true. How am I doing in my love for you? What is preventing my heart from being fully Satisfied. What is, what is satisfying my soul where I don't have room for you at the end of the day? What is preventing you to have a greater grasp of my inner self? God, what do you want me to do with those things? What should I do with them? I love them. They're satisfying. I don't want to give them up. I know they hurt me. I know they're fake, but I still enjoy them. I need you to help me in this. Thirdly, God, I am terrified of you loving me. It's scary to me. I've been burned. I've been hurt. I've been disappointed. People who I thought were going to be that perfect thing for me turned out to be a sham, a total sham. And I got so many walls up, I don't even know how to let you in. I don't even know how to let you love me. I want to be like a baby in your arms that doesn't have a single muscle flexed, totally at peace. isn't some willy-nilly thing. This is a command by God. Be fully immersed in my love.
Everything else comes from here. You get this right, everything else is fruit. Father, would you search our hearts, our minds, our spirits. Would you show us how we're doing in our affections with you, Lord. Our busyness, our hobbies, they rob us. Would you show us something doable for us today? One change we can make that's going to give you a bit more real estate in our hearts, our minds, and our souls. You you deserve this, and you've requested this. This is a clear invitation for you. God, would you show us things in our life that are keeping us from loving you that are satisfying us and Lord would you make us putty in your hands the parts of us we want to guard and protect and keep in the dark Lord help us help us that we could let you love us If you don't love us, we cannot love you back. And we cannot love the people around us back. And this is the only thing we need to be worrying about. Loving God and loving the world. So we need you to enable us to do that. God, me included. Give us a love. Give us a love that is deep and consistent and joy-filled and practical and just unshakable an unshakable love for the people around us. People around us that we formerly didn't even like, that we couldn't stand, that we couldn't see eye to eye to. Lord, Monday morning, would we just find ourselves in love with our life, with the people? Not in our regards, we cannot do this, but you can do this for us. Lord, if we don't have your love, we have nothing to give. Nothing to give you and nothing to give the world. It's all empty. This is your truth. This this is just true. It's just true. So we come with, with, with a lot of faith in saying, this is what we need and we know you have it and we need you to give it. Would we be surprised by love? Amazed by your love. Help us with this. Amen. Invite us to keep praying and to worship as David helps us close.
of it all I fall from you are all things And to you are all things. You deserve the glory And all the saints and angels crowns before the Lamb of God is you're worthy of it all Jesus you're worthy of it all for from you are all things and to you are all things you deserve the For from you are all things, and to you are all things, that you deserve the glory. Day and night, night and day, incense arise. Day and night, night and day, that incense I know Matt didn't get to the 
the last part of, of loving people, loving your neighbor and how that works out. It's okay. I think we needed to camp on that. But I'll maybe get to it here to close. So uh, due to my, my normal hairdresser uh, not uh, having being exposed to COVID, so she couldn't uh, keep our appointment that I had yesterday. And I had booked this well in advance, and she let me know last minute, I can't cut your hair. I'm like, oh, man. Like, I really need a haircut. So I'm like scrambling to find a new, to just get a, a one-off. And so I, I book at this barber shop in Winnipeg that worked for our schedule. And uh, so go to this place I've never been before. And, and of course, you know, you're wearing masks. And inevitably, when you're getting a haircut with a person for the first time, they're going to ask you at some point, what do you do? What do you do for work? And it's always a, a great question. So, um, you know, and, and you've got masks on, right? So you can't see people's facial expressions. And I'm like, oh, I said, I, I lead a church. I'm a, I'm a pastor. And that always gets varying responses. Some people have no idea what to do with that. And other people are, you know, depending on their level of familiarity, will respond. And this guy was a younger guy. And I couldn't really tell he was responding. And again, masks, right? So... And, and so after I say this, though, like, they've got music blaring in the barbershop that is, like, super inappropriate. In fact, one song came on at one point, and I think after I told him this, he actually realized, like, oh, he's like, I'm just going to switch that song. Like, praise Jesus. And then the guy beside me cutting this other guy's hair, they're just, they're going off about stuff going on in the world, right? And the language is just deplorable. And I'm like, and I've just told this guy, and I'm a pastor, and I can tell he's kind of like, there's this, like, there's, there's just this weird thing going on. And uh, whatever, though, I, I got to be real, right, about who I am. And so, I, you know, I want to connect with this guy, right? Because at the end, he, he doesn't need to hear where I'm frustrated. He doesn't need to hear where I'm maybe ticked off with things or what things are going on or how I feel about this. Like, that's not what he needs from me. That would be super unhelpful. Especially after I've talked to him that I'm a follower of Jesus. I talked about that. So we get up and I'm paying and I'd asked him just briefly before what his name was because actually I thought he did a really good job on my hair. I don't know if you agree, but whatever. I thought he did. So I was like, I wanted to get his name. Maybe I'll go back to him. And uh, he said his name was Emmanuel. And I was like, oh, here's an in. So I said to him as I'm paying, I said, so do you know what, do you know what your name means? He says, yeah, something like God, God with me or something. I said, yeah. I said, it means God with us. He said, it's really cool. He says, yeah. He says, you know, my mom, he said, I grew up Roman Catholic. And he's like, my mom, she still teaches Sunday school. And she's really into this religious thing. I said, oh, yeah. I said, good. I said, yeah. I said, I love the Bible too. And uh, in that moment, you know what he needed to hear from me? And this is where it connects with what Matt, where, where I need, why I need the love of God is because he needs to see God's love through me. He needed in that moment to know God's love. I don't know what, what he's going to do with it. I don't know what he thought of me after as he walked out. Maybe that guy was weird. I don't know. And, like, and it doesn't even matter, right? Because it's not up to me now. I, I've, just, I've just been faithful to what I'm called to be in the world and who I'm how I'm called to love people and probably might see that guy again because I liked his haircut. But, but, but anyways, no, 
the thing is, is like, I, Matt, you're, you're bang on in that, like, if I'm not able to receive God's love, and I'm, and I'm, I'm there with him, I'm like, I'm there with Pime, it's like, I struggle to receive God's love, but he nailed, like, all those things about the stuff that we live in, and live through, and all the stuff in our past, that's all reality for us, all affects how we are able to surrender to God, and ex- receive his love, and so I'm, I'm like, I need that too because it's so easy to pass by and to not do anything with this guy yesterday. Like I felt like, honestly, like I'm being honest, I felt that tension, right? Like the music blaring, the conversation beside me. Maybe I'm just going to shut up and say nothing. That, that's the tension. And here's the thing where it lands for us. We're all going to have opportunities like that this week. Every single one of us is going to have opportunities this week to sow something of the kingdom of God and God's love into someone else if we take that step. And it can be super uncomfortable. It can be like, I don't know what I'm doing here. I feel totally ill-prepared. Yep, got it. I'm, I'm there too. But God is with you. So, let's, let's go receiving Matt's word this morning. And out of that, let's, let's receive God's love for us. And let's, let's wrestle through that where we struggle with that. And then out of that, let's, let's love people. Amen? That's, I don't know if Matt's seen our new, whatever, tagline, whatever we want to call it, right? But, but we want to love God. We want to love people. We want to follow and we want to proclaim the way of Jesus. That's, that's, we, want to, we want to keep it simple, saints. Right? Amen. Have a wonderful week. Uh, if anyone would like prayer up here, if there's any of you, you're like, you're something connected with you this morning, I need, I need prayer. Uh, I'll be here. We'll pray for you. Uh, if you want to stay, I'm sure David will continue worshiping for a few minutes. If you need to go, be blessed. And uh, we'll see you Thursday.